0: And the award for Full and Focus Podcast Host of the Year goes to... It's J-Mac! I knew, I knew this thing would be right!
1: Thank you, Mr. Reese, for that lovely introduction. And thank you to all my fans, and thank you to my parents, without whose trust fund I would not be here today. And thank you to all of you at home for listening. Without you, all of this is marginally possible. It's with great pride we can look back on this season as a learning curve, the steepest imaginable. When seasons as nightmarishly mad queen as this occur, it's best that we all just laugh at it as best we can and pray God it takes more than eight times for the same thing to happen for Fulham FC to start learning. Climate change is real. Thank you. Monsieur Baclaire and Saddam are with me. Let's start the award show! All right, fellas, and here we are. Here I am, dressed up in a three-piece tuxedo at my penthouse above the Rocket Pub in Putney, and here's three glasses of Bollinger '94 for all of us. We did it, lads. We didn't kill ourselves or each other. We have. There, I mean, hold on, this is all an illusion, really. You're online, and I'm drinking these three glasses to myself. Um, but as we, before we start, I think we should just do a little analysis of what we're about to do. I tell you. A summer that started with a threadbare squad was pumped full of millions of pounds of new players and proving that the owners were serious about us being in the Premier League for the long run. A defeat at home quickly followed by another one at Wembley wasn't the best of starts but we were up and running with a win at the third attempt at home to Burnley. A few games later Slab was sacked when he couldn't find more wins or his best team Ranieri was in and his short tenure left us rooted in the bottom three. He was sacked and Scott Parker was unable to mastermind a turnaround and the Whites were sent back to the championship at the first time of asking following a hammering at Watford. We had fun along the way and that fun is set to continue into this week's show as myself and the mats discuss our highlights and lowlights as we answer the season's hot topics. Let's begin! Excellent! Right! Award number one! Best Performance... Of the season, and Mister Dom, I will go to you first, sir. What's your best performance of the season? And I'd like to add, actually, there are no winners here. What we pick are just our individual winners, the highlight nominations, as you were. Go for it, Mister Dom.
2: Yeah, well, uh, so many to choose from. Um, <clears throat> so I think I think we've got one of one of the three each, haven't we? So uh, yes, I, <laughs> my my option is um, the whole ninety against Everton because. For me I think that was our our best rounded performance of the season we We defended well, we didn't give up many chances. we kept some some really talented players quiet and um took our chances well at the other end so uh, that that sort of was a performance that gave me some hope that we might be able to do something next season with parker
0: yeah for for me, i think the um the highlight of the of the best performance of the season was the second half against Brighton, so we were two 0 down at half time and j mate do you remember we were there it was it was hammering with rain. And then we met up at half-time and it was freezing. Morgan was there as well. And we just all kind of stood there and looked at each other and went, well, this is shit, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And didn't really fancy going back out for the second half. But straight away, Callum Chambers scored a, a goal straight into the top corner. Can't remember who got the next goal, but we scored four of them in the second half. And and it was it was spot on. And I remember I was on the train on the way up to that game thinking to myself, I think we probably need seven wins if we're going to stay up starting tonight. And at half time, it looked unlikely. But then, by the end of the game, I was I was buzzing. I, I was really thinking at that point that that it was on and that, that we might might be able to do it.
1: Yeah, that was so good that night. I actually I lost my voice after that game. Uh, it was de- definitely the best, one of the best performances I've seen in recent times of the guys, just because of how unexpected we turned it around. Uh, my best performance would probably be Bournemouth away. I think I'm saying that purely out of jealousy that I actually didn't go to this game like you, Mr. Buckler, and I didn't bring an inflatable with me, but we'll get to that later on. But the the, the most... It just seemed like, you know, Bournemouth is not an easy place to go, uh, as some of the top team, t- top six teams will tell you. So I think that was one of the most professional performances that we pulled off and keeping a clean sheet as well. Even though it was a penalty, for me, I think that Bournemouth result really made me think it's such a shame that Scott Parker wasn't here earlier. All right. So goal of the season that is our next award goal of the season we have you know we managed to always do some wonder goals in the seasons that we get relegated like Kasami in 2013 2014 um mr beclear what is your goal of the season
0: i've gone for seri against burnley when uh, i think it was about after four or five minutes he pinged it into the top corner from miles out of the putney end and I think it was his, his third game for the club, wasn't it? He played played against Palace in the first home game, and then away at Spurs. And he looked okay in those games, but then when when he scored that goal, I thought we've really got a top player here. And if he's going to be doing that all season, then you know we're we're going to be absolutely flying. And um, sadly, it wasn't to be. But I thought that was a, a fantastic goal, and it's, in in many ways, it's a shame that it came so early in the season. But I guess we did have other ones as well, which I'm sure you chaps are about to talk about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we were. We were in danger for a while of having more goal of the season, uh, goal of the month uh, wins than, than actual wins. I think eventually <laughs> our wins overtook that. But uh, yeah, I've, I've gone for a goal in the um, the return game to to what uh, Mr. Boclea has picked. Uh, Andre Schurler's away to Burnley, largely because it, it reminded me of that, the goal Kasami scored that you just mentioned when we went down last time. Hopeful ping forward from right back and then. Sherlock fires it off the bar, and you know goals that going off the bar are probably my favourite type of goal. So uh, credit mm. credit where it's due to the lads. It was a it was a lovely finish. Just so, sadly we uh, we threw it away after that, really. But um, fantastic goal.
1: Yeah, and that was all before he caught his uh, awful awful disease. We're still praying for him that he came out <laughs> all right. Um, you know, my, my goal of the season, uh, another wonder goal. I think I'm going to go with Ryan Babel against Cardiff purely because one. Even though we didn't technically rele- relegate them that game, that result and that goal ensured pretty much that, that Cardiff weren't going to do it. But also, I think the way Cardiff had set up and it's a Neil Warnock team, it felt like that wonderful sort of goal that if anything was going to break them, it was going to be a goal like that. And it was just so inspired, us inspired bit of passing from Cyrus Christie that I did not expect <laughs> actually Ryan Babel to just take the shot immediately from that pass he was given so for me ryan Babel against cardiff for that one but there's a i mean they're all great goals we for some reason really good at doing this when we get relegated i don't know why all right award number three best celebration now i'm gonna go first for this one and i've i'm, I'm at a bit of a tie and maybe you guys can help me which one you prefer so for me it's either the Mitrovic huddersfield winner it was a terrible, terrible game. But if you remember, there is a really nice replay of it. Well, if you were there, you would have seen it. He celebrates right in front of the crowd, and there is just a shot of this steward who is just standing right next to him with such a grin on his face next to that, For some reason, that's one of my favorite uh, celebrations. Uh, the other one is when Mitrovic made it 3-2 against Brighton at home in that amazing game we were just talking about. And he just gave that sort of look that just said, I love you. This is my club and it just reminded me it, it gave me sort of carigunis sort of feels actually i remember when Caragunas scored once at the college and he actually stood on top of the rail it was brilliant but yeah i think either of those does it for me for best celebration just just for your, i don't know hair on end standing on end moments and for you mr beclair what is your best celebration
0: i've gone for the tom kearney baby celebration against everton um, nice. I I actually missed the goal which I think is the only only goal I missed all season because I was just having a, having a drink with a friend of mine at, at half time and um we just said goodbye and I was I was walking back up the concourse to the Hammersmith end and just heard the eruption um and I was gutted actually because I really wanted to see Tom Kenny score all season so it's a bit stupid <laughs> but yeah and and his celebration just after his his girlfriend had given given birth to to Aubrey and he gave it the the sucking of the thumb right into the camera lens I thought that was great
2: yeah, no, it's a great choice, that one. I, I'm I'm with uh, with you, J-Mac, on Mitrovic against Huddersfield. A lovely little look from the steward, as you say, but it, it was kind of more for the the, the relief and the kind of last-minute, last-gasp win that was yeah. so important at the time. And we didn't have a lot of those this season, but just for for everything that had gone before you know, with the penalty miss, and it looked like we'd thrown it away, and we really, 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 really needed to win that game. And Mitrovic comes up with a goods. Go straight over to the hammy end, and you know limbs everywhere. It was a, it was a fantastic moment, so I'm going with that one.
1: Oh, nice one. Out of interest, do you guys remember what goal it was that Dennis O'Doy scored that made him do a backflip this season? Because I remember him doing that, and I just think bloody hell, Dennis O'Doy really does surprise you in times that you never expect it. Like you know, do do you remember if he scored a goal where he did a backflip? He scored against
0: Oldham, but I don't know if he did a backflip. I don't remember.
1: He's
2: definitely done Who? a backflip this season. Was that this season?
1: Yeah, it was like a half-back flip. He almost, it was really weird. It was almost like he did a flip on his side. It was really strange. I need to look that up. I'll find out at the end of this. All right. And the next award is moment of the season. And I will go to you first with this, Mr. Beauclerc. What is your moment of the season, sir?
0: For me, it was the whole day of Bournemouth away. I, I had such a brilliant day that day. I got the train down, had a mooch about in Bournemouth before the game, and then got a taxi up and had a few beers. And just the result, the atmosphere whole camaraderie of, of the day and just went on into the evening as well it's it such a brilliant day and those days have been few and far between and you can't be a good uh a good Fulham away day and that that was one of the best
2: I'm also going for off the pitch moment but um it was Ranieri getting the sack I'm afraid a bit bit, bit depressing <laughs> but uh, perhaps but you know I, I was um I'd seen enough of him I could see pretty early on that it wasn't going to work and yeah, getting rid of him in the end of his football style was um, was was a kind of highlight in a in a low season for me. It's, it's just a shame that the damage is already done. But yeah, it's, it's, it's got to have been when I read that uh, article yeah. on the on the club website that uh, he is no more.
1: You know what? I think I, I sort of agree with you on that. But do you remember the next day when he had that interview with the window down, did sort of like a Harry Redknapp <laughs> and talked to the press, and he just. I don't know. There was just something about it. I think I was talking to you about this book there on the group, and I was just like this is the right decision. But my heart's breaking a little bit. It was like yeah. it was like a Muppet being fired, wasn't it? He just looks. So, oh, he was like, ah oh, Scott Packo, <laughs> Scott will do very well, very well. He just looks so sad, and like it's just like firing your grandpa or something. He just looks so happy. I mean, he's he's very rich from being fired, so it's fine. But I, I just think my grandpa some...
2: would have done a better job,
1: though. To be fair. To be fair, fine. But there was, I don't. I just remember thinking, like, oh, we bless him. He did try. Um, it's not his fault. It is his fault. But anyway, <laughs> um, like, like, so my moment of the season is a bit of a weird one. It was just, you know, it's been a terrible season, the worst ever. But I remember when Palace came at home uh, in the first game of the season. You know, we sang to Roy, and Roy applauded us. It was the second time at Crystal Palace when we sang to him, actually, and he applauded us. And I just was never eventually expecting him to do that when he's the manager of a home team to applaud us, even when we start singing to him. And, you know, we start singing, you know, have you ever been Juventus? the eventless? Have you fucked? And it was just, I don't know, there's just a very warm moment about that. I felt very comforted by Roy's, you know, acknowledgement of us during a terrible season. It was just a really nice moment for me. All right, so award number five best goal conceded out of the 81 81 fucking goals I believe. so the best goal that, that we uh, the best yeah, goal we conceded. Going through them all. yeah exactly <laughs> so go on mate mr don what's your best goal conceded out of the 81 um i mean I, I
2: don't think it's in doubt it's uh aaron ramsey yeah at uh, the, the cottage right
1: what do you think mr because i think you might feel the same what do you think
0: yeah, I mean I didn't really want to dig too deep into this and have to go back through any of the results <laughs> and the only one I could really remember was uh, the Aaron Ramsey goal. And I think it might have been because it was on match of the day last weekend as one of the contenders for goal of the season, but it it was a fantastic goal, the kind of the build up, the way they, they passed it round us and he's back heeled it into the bottom corner. Great goal.
1: It was it was so good. It was so good. And you know, it was such a it was five one that game or something at the end, wasn't it? I was just something you know, like that, yeah, just just, just stupid you score. know, You know, it was whatever. <laughs> Have fun at Juve. Have fun at Juve. You know, that's, that's, that was a wonderful, wonderful goal. All right, so the next award, the worst goal conceded out of the 81. So the worst goal. I sort of stressed that really weirdly. Um, The worst goal conceded out of the 81. For me, I will go first with this one. For the worst goal, I am going to say that it is the Harry Winks header Uh, for me. There was just the, the marking, the defending... The, the the timing, everything about that goal was a huge stinking point for me. For just thinking we're fucked now. This this season is one hundred percent over. But also just because it was so avoidable. I mean, he, as as Matt Dom alluded to in the group chat, he's so small, so it just doesn't make any sense. So for me, Harry Winks' goal was the worst one conceded. And to you, Mister Matt Dom,
2: yeah, for um for just sheer frustration, um, it is the one. Liverpool's first away at Anfield when, um, you know, we we scored that goal. And I'm I'm pretty sure, I'm I'm sure Mitra is is not offside there, but it's, it's ruled out anyway. Yeah. And we're all celebrating this. Players are all celebrating. About six of them are off the pitch and the referee goes, there you go, lads, take it quick. They run up the other end. Uh, scored hit us on the break and you know to, to make matters worse we've tried to play most salaroff side from about the halfway line so there's there's some you know classic foot and defending involved as well but it, it partly as well because that was kind of you know the the end of Slav and it, it really looked like there was just a slim chance we might have pulled something together but um it wasn't to be and just really depressing all round
1: You know what? Screw it, they didn't win the league. So you know they got their just desserts. Almost. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, nice one, Mr. Beauclair. What is your worst goal conceded? What does the award go to for you?
0: I've gone for the equaliser away at West Ham when I, I think it might have been from a corner, and Rico's just done his usual flappy punch and sent it straight up into <laughs> into the sky. Um, and then Fla- it's, flappy punch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the ball came down and ended up going in off of uh, Hernandez's arm, and then it just mm-hmm. went from bad to worse after that. But I mean, the goal the goal shouldn't have stood, but we almost deserved it for that stupid piece of goalkeeping, anyway. So, yeah. yeah, not not a good Friday night in East London.
1: I'm surprised, actually. You know, I mean, you've mentioned Rico so soon, but then again, I remember you hate him, so that's, that's <laughs> not, <you> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> which is fine. Oh, lads, actually, I'm just just FYI. I remember the goal now. The celebration, Rodoy. It was a weird sort of forward, front flip, sideways thingy, but it was for the opening goal that he scored against um, Oldham Athletic. So. The less said about that game, the better, actually, to be honest. I we can all
0: sleep to... easy tonight now knowing you,
1: that. Exactly, yeah. I think I knew there was a reason I didn't want to mention that. Oldham, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you know what? Just when you thought the season wasn't, you know, we we talk about all the things that have happened in this episode and you forget about Oldham. I actually forgot about Oldham until I mentioned the fucking John Dennis Adoy backflip. This has been a terrible season. A backflip
2: against Oldham
1: as well. It was like and a they're weird, they're it wasn't they're even they're a full backflip. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Hold him. Anyway, all right. Award number seven: the best signing, Mister Beauclair. Who wins the award for you for best signing this season?
0: I've gone Ryan Babel. I did think about Mitrovic, but I think Ryan Babel did have a, a a big impact when he signed in um, in January. And the funny thing about it was with, with Mitro, everybody wanted him to sign, and everyone was delighted when he did sign. But with with Babel. Nobody wanted him to sign and he, he signed and everyone thought, well, who's this joker? Ex-Liverpool, who hasn't been in the Premier League for years and years and years. But he came in and he was probably our best player in the second half of the season, to be honest, in my opinion, anyway. And he scored a couple of really good goals as well. You look at the, the Everton goal and, um, and the Cardiff goal that you've already mentioned as well. So, yeah, babble for me.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, I give you full credit for choosing him. I'm sure a lot of people could choose him as well. He's actually a sort of, he's a, He's probably what Tony Khan is using as a good poster for his transfer policy, you know, his sort of system that he uses. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, God, what's going on here? You know, we're meant to be only under 28s so and now we're going over 31s with so this guy. But, I mean, Ryan Babel was an inspired signing and it's actually really sad that he won't be with us next season in the Premier League. Uh, for you, Mr. Dum, who's your best signing of the season?
2: Yeah, for me, it's got to be Mitro. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted him here. He wanted to come here and, you know, getting him home where he belonged was just a really good moment and it was really positive for everyone thinking we're going to have a really good season here and it it kind of the the sort of saga of where we will we get him won't we get him went on just about long enough where people started to question whether it was actually going to happen and then in he came and you know scored a lot of some quite a high number of early goals and he's finished the season on what 11 or something which is a pretty good return for a team that's come 19th and, you know, he's such an important player for us. Um, so, so yeah, it's got to be Mitre.
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, fingers crossed he actually stays with us next season and we don't have to look at the likes of people like Britta Sambolonga, who's been rumoured today. Um, my best signing, you'll be really surprised to hear this, actually. I, I never talk about him that much. Um, it's a guy called Joe Bryan, <laughs> um, who, who's, you know, he, I don't usually talk about him with much praise at all. But, no, I mean, Joe Bryan... I thought I was really excited when we nabbed him off Villa in the end. <laughs> and I actually think it's quite interesting. You know, he was quite, he, he was had an injury to begin with and he was a bit dodgy at the start of the season after that. But I think he's really come leaps and bounds now. And I think he's going to be a very valuable asset to us next season. So the, the longevity of his value to us, I would definitely pick Joe Bryan for me. All right. Award number eight, biggest flop. Who is the biggest flop for you, Mr. Matt Dum?
2: It was uh, AK's uh, going down in the box against Bournemouth for me. Um I mean he's got history, you know, the player final against uh, the playoff semi against Derby last year, where he took it around Scott Carson and went to the ground. This time he took it around, I think it was Boric. Um, and yeah. instead of tapping it into an empty net, he's tried to win the penalty and and he hasn't got it. Um just just ridiculous all round and really frustrating um mm. to to watch and yeah, just a com- complete waste of, of pace and strength really so yeah it's gotta be that moment for me.
0: Yeah I um I would forgotten about that actually but he's he's a shocking player. But we've got him back for next <laughs> season so that's no. good. Um, Yay. I uh, biggest flop I I went for Ranieri although if you play back all of the the shows from this season, which I'm sure nobody would ever do, Um, but I, I wanted him to stay. I, I I was really happy that we got him, but it just didn't work for him, did it? And playing Kearney out of position and dropping Sessignon and just generally distancing the whole squad from from the supporters and just getting no return on the pitch. Uh, he I guess he had to go when he when he did and. um yeah, it's it's a shame because he he came with you know quite the quite the credentials and quite the CV and he uh, he, he came with this dossier that he put put together on the whole team and, and it all sounded really positive and when he first joined I thought he's definitely going to get us out of this but mm. it was um, it was shocking and yeah big big flop at Fulham he was
1: excellent uh, ladies and gentlemen we're experiencing some technical difficulties because uh, we're we said biggest flop. I mean, so, so Matt Dunn's gone for physical flop, as in the worst dive, and you've gone for sort of the biggest disappointment. Um, which one? I don't know which one to go for now, because I, I, I went for biggest disappointment as well, but I actually really like Mr. Dumb's idea of which is the worst dive. In which case, I don't know, what do you think? Just go for what you want, mate. I, mean, I just interpreted it as <laughs> a flop. All right. because, well, um, all right. In like, which case... that
2: really annoyed me, so, you know. No I fair enough. is good.
1: Well no, mate, it keeps it keeps it lively. Um so I think what I'll go for I will go for I'm going to go for Alfie Morrison just because of the disappointment of what we were hoping to get with him with Chambers beside him blah 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 and also just generally his the manner of his injury is pretty annoying um and just the the what he said in opening thoughts uh, of how we were doing at the start of the season with words such as you know I won't stand for this type of defending, I, you know, verbatim, I think he said in one of the newspapers. So, yeah, I think biggest spot for me is Alfie Mawson, which is due to injury, I understand, but still, nonetheless. All right, and now the next award is for <laughs> Best Manager. Who does the Best Manager Award go to for you, Mr. Matt Dom?
2: Uh, I'm going for Parker, the caretaker version. Okay. Um, because... <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, we know we know how getting a caretaker manager as as a permanent manager goes. We've got Kit Simons to look back and we've got um Ollie going as well for this season and i'm gonna I'm gonna rule out the last game because that was just you know end of the season ridiculousness, I think we can put it down to, but those those three wins in a row those three clean sheets in a row was some really positive stuff, and it, it made me believe that we can get something out of this group of players
1: and for you, Mr. mcclair.
0: Best manager, yeah. It's funny we've we've had three again, isn't it? Bloody yeah. God, what an absolute shit show. But um <laughs> I've I've gone for Scott Parker as well. I guess if we're going between whether it should be the, the caretaker version or the full time version, then we go with the one who got three wins and three clean sheets in a row. So I, I don't think he could have done any um any more really in, in the games that he had and to, to get that that run of results. Against the odds, really. Um, using the word really, like he does. Has anybody else noticed that he says really in every interview that he does about 20 times, really? No, I, I only... Man, I, not really,
1: not really, What's annoying really. Is, 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 as soon as you mentioned that he does that, it's now all life-bucking here. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, I have noticed that. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, no, so, so, so yeah, for for me, I mean, Airy was a disaster. Slav was a disaster this season. So you know he, he probably would have won it by um, by default anyway but I think I think he earned it as well
1: yeah and and that's why I'm going to say Scott Parker as well I mean it's a no brainer he's actually technically the best he's got the best record out of all the other two Um, you know Slavica and Ranieri he's hoping that actually we can do well with him next season alright this is quite a fun one award number 10 dickhead of the season and I'll go to you first Mr. Baclair who is your dickhead of the season
0: Baldwin, Alfie Mawson. Um, <laughs> Alf- <laughs> Sorry, Baldo. Um, Alfie Mawson for injuring himself for four months, putting his shoes on. What a dickhead. Yeah, that is ridiculous. How do you even do that? How is that even possible? God knows. I mean, God f- knows. You just can't try.
1: Anyway, for you, Mr. Dom, who is your dickhead of the season or dickhead moment of the season, whatever you fancy seeing so as you, see you uh, like to change the rules constantly
2: i yeah. think uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably get uh alfie to give yari lipman a call to uh you know discuss stories about stupid injuries but um yeah it's hard to argue with uh with that one isn't it but um for me it's whoever booked that yoga session the famous, famous <laughs> yoga fight you know let's 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 yeah. do the most calming activity possible Oh, it's going to end in a brawl. Brilliant. Only full in this season.
1: <laughs> only I mean, only full of exactly that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess that goes hand-in-hand hand with AK-47. I was going to suggest him originally thinking about the, the penalty incident with oh, me. Loads loads. There's, there's so been. many. There's so many. For me, this is going to be a really against-the-grain um, against one. But for me, I'm going to go with Tim Ream for his comments at the start of the season. Now, I don't dislike Tim Ream, but I thought his comments just... Really, were the worst start possible for what the players then went on to go and do and say from in the future of the press as well. So I'm going to go with Tim Ream. Not people are going to agree with me on that, but I think that was a moment where I just thought this is not good, and you were an idiot for doing that. Keep All right,
0: I just I just dug out his tweet back in October. Oh the horror! Oh the horror! If only Sky would have included their reporters' questions in their presenting, my answers might have made more sense. Ah, oh, fair enough. I do
1: remember him actually. Saying that.
0: Whatever that means.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, still, it didn't look good. That's the main no, thing. Didn't. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> award number 11. This is quite a good one. And I think I'll go first. The moment you knew we were doomed. The moment you knew we were doomed. And I think for me, hmm, I think it's got to be when Zaha scored at Palace at Home. <laughs> uh, for Palace at Home, sorry. <laughs> like, no, I, this is the season. I I just the first goal of the season, there was just that disturbance in the fort. I don't know. I, I I I never there was just something when Zaha scored in his celebration. I just remember thinking this doesn't feel right. I'm i you know what? Maybe that's a bit dramatic. I'll tell you what. I'll i t- I'll pick it up for one. For for my for the the moment I knew we were doomed, I think it was transfer deadline day at midnight. I think it was literally like the Titanic was sinking. It's like that moment in Titanic where the guy says, oh, well, we've called a distress signal, sir. And it's like, how long? Four hours. And the captain just looks at him like, what? The f-? <laughs> like, you know, th- there is no help coming. There is no one. We have Markovic and, well, Ryan Babble as well. But, I mean, Markovic. Yeah, it was transfer transfer deadline day for me was when I knew well, we were I was dead. going to
0: ask you which transfer deadline day.
1: <laughs> well, that's quite right. Good point. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was, I think, just as soon as soon as my, just remember, Fulham FC tweeting at midnight or like ten past midnight, saying "You guys still up?" We got another <laughs> and then, one. And we're then people just like this, this, this better be good, man. <laughs> it was just mark no, it of it. it yeah, thanks. One. Yeah, thank you, Mitro. So, okay, and <laughs> to you, Mister Beauclair, what was the moment you knew we were doomed?
0: So I remember I, on the um, on the Friday when we played West Ham, I was out walking my dogs, and I was thinking to myself we need to win these next two games because there was West Ham on the Friday and then I think Southampton was the following Wednesday. I thought we need to win these next two games if we've got any chance whatsoever. We lost against West Ham and I still thought to myself, well, if we can get something at Southampton. But when we just turned up at Southampton, the way we set up, Kevin McDonald was back in the team randomly after being frozen out for months. And we were absolutely appalling that night. And that's when uh, Ranieri got it off the supporters as well. And I think he was booted out the next day. And it was after that, after, after Southampton away, I thought that's it. Done and dusted. Pack up and go home.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I've, I've got to go with the, the defeat away to Burnley. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks before the end of the transfer window, which Markovic was a great shout, by the way. Um, <laughs> but it, it was that, you know, for sure, open the scoring with that great goal. And Burnley still were, were kind of shit. You know, they had a terrible start of the season. They still weren't particularly good. They, they, they were beatable. And then yeah. they scored two goals. I think p- pretty much both of our own goals. I think one of them was very generously given to their, to their yeah. player. I don't remember who it was. But
1: about in
2: about three minutes, we had we had two own goals and we were 2-1 down. And then we were never coming back from it. And then and that was that kind of, it, it summed everything up. Um, that that you know, we, we really just aren't good enough and we're not going to stay up.
1: You know, sometimes at night I can still hear the screaming.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, it's, just, like, it's just that was just the worst. The I mean, it, it, I think it was in three minutes those two own goals occurred. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely dreadful. Absolute toilet show. Okay, fair enough. All right. Award number twelve. Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. And back to you, Mister Beclair, for your biggest disappointment.
0: I've gone with the way some supporters turned on Tony Khan. I think it was it was really harsh. Yeah, very good. Um, we talked about it quite a lot on on the show at the at the time or throughout the season about how what we thought the club needed to do to move forward and how we thought they needed a, a blueprint and some ideas off the pitch as to you know the philosophy. But then you you got idiot supporters turning up directly having a go at Tony Khan, who's clearly trying his best, and it's just it hasn't quite worked out for him this season. He and he's made some mistakes, which he's held his hands up to. But the personal abuse that that guy's taken has just been completely unnecessary and out of order. And I think I've I've said in the past, and I'll say again now, that it may be embarrassed to be a Fulham supporter.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that, mate. Actually, um. I, I probably would have thought that myself if I thought of it <laughs> but, you know, but, um... <laughs> Relegation relegation's
0: relegation is it's not the end of the world, is it? You know That's right. We'll probably we'll probably keep the, the crux of this squad together and we'll have another go at promotion next season and, and if we did if we did come back up next season then where do they support us stand with Tony Khan then if he's if he's still in the same role?
1: I mean just look at Bolton at the moment. Look at exactly. all these clubs. Do you know what I mean? Just exactly. look, you need open your eyes. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Mr. Dom. Biggest disappointment for you. Yeah, um I've got
2: I've got three options for this one. Um I'll I'll run through them quickly and then I'll tell you which no, one no, I've done. But um Ryan Cessignon. Simply. Mm. Um, oh, I like that one. Replacing Ryan Frederick with, with Cyrus Christie is my second option. Yeah. Um, it just was Poor not Cyrus. the same. And yeah. the one I think really is looking back at everything was that throwing it away in the second half against Brighton because we can point to that moment as as one that we really never came back from. And, and we, we we lost a couple of games after that again. And just as we we started to look up, you know, we'd beaten Burnley 4-2 and then we were 2-0 up against Brighton. But a combination of just shit defending and, and terrible defending has just uh, <laughs> you completely threw it away and we drew that game. And, and then it just, I don't know, there's just a kind of sense of dread
1: from that and and looking back that was a really really pivotal moment I mean it's weird I was looking at the fixture list of when Brian away occurred it was very very early on I think it might have been the game or two games after Tottenham away when we were at Wembley maybe two or three games at least and what's funny about it is Mitro's reaction with his hands held over his mouth there was just something about that moment that just changed for everyone in that season, it's for our season. It seemed. I mean, I know the validity of that argument is as valid as you know saying that Scott Parker's a jinx because he's been around every time something has gone slightly wrong. But still, there 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 is that sort of strange voodoo sort of feel about it. As soon as that handball happened and we lost that lead and became a two all draw, we just felt like everything went sort of spasmed out of control, didn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I didn't quite see anything like that since uh, Zahar scored at the Cottage about two weeks before that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was... I <laughs> <laughs> that was <it. laughs> So, yeah, um, my biggest disappointment, I think, is going to be... I think it's got to be Sean Michael He He was great in the first game. I mean, everyone was pretty much... You know, really massaging their lower regions a bit when we first saw him. Just thinking, like, oh my god, this guy's amazing! This is like Tom Kenny times fifty. And actually, Massaging really... their
0: lower regions. What? Well, I just feel like Get everyone was really... going a bit
1: mental for him. I could, should I, should I cut that out? No, leave it in. <laughs> I don't know. No, was just a bit. I just thought everyone was just a bit. You know, he, everyone was going a bit, a bit too, getting a bit too excited too early about Seri after about three or four games, and then he just really really started to decline and just obviously the Premier League I think was just a little bit too quick for him as some people, a lot of people are saying in the tabloids etc etc. I don't know if he's actually going to Monaco but I can imagine that could be a league he'd probably do a bit better in but yeah for, for me I've got to say that Seri was a huge huge disappointment Alright, award 13 The <laughs> this is great the best away win inflatable the best away win inflatable. And I'll go to you first, Mr. What was the best away win inflatable that you saw?
0: Well, talking about massaging the uh, the lower regions, I'm going for the inflatable penis at Bournemouth. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to be blunt about it.
1: That's fine. No was beat- it from your loft?
0: I was going to say there's no beating about the bush, but... <laughs> <There>
1: were, <laughs> as, long, as long as it wasn't from your loft, mate. That's no, the main
0: not thing. from my loft. It wasn't one of mine. Not from we'd my vast used, collection. We
2: used it up from Seri. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I missed the Tom. What what about you? Yeah, well I I did see um one of the dolls from uh Frenchie's Attic actually. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, go with that there. Made a, to made a fantastic appearance and I hope um I hope that whoever brought it along didn't have to, to buy an extra seat because uh, it would have been a bit of a waste. But um yeah, yeah lovely um lovely doll enjoying enjoying our day out.
1: Fair enough. So um for me I I looked at some pictures of the away game, and um, just <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's sounded a bit macabre, isn't it? No, I I, I, saw, I saw some pictures of the away game, people in the stands, and I I was just trying to think. I originally had just sort of like a like a palm tree as as what the one I was going to pick, and that's a bit boring. And then I saw this legend holding like a Dalmatian inflatable, but he was holding it as if it was like a handbag dog, as if the dog was real. And it was just one of the most amazing things. And I was thinking, a Dalmatian's a perfect dog to symbolize for them with the black and white. I just thought, we well, need a Dalmatian. Let's get rid of Billy the Badger and have the Dalmatian going instead. We should get it in the new badge when the Riverside's done. Um, so for me, it's, it's the Dalmatian. Your silence says it all, lads. Um, all right, so yeah. the, next, the, next, the, next, the next award is, okay, the most handsome player. Who gets the most handsome player award for you, Mr. Dom?
2: it's kind of worst player of the season plus most handsome i think is uh cyrus christie for me um, yeah fair enough you know uh, there's i'm not going to go fair, into the reasons fair,
0: fair enough yeah i like him as well yeah lovely,
2: lovely, <laughs> love, lovely bit of cyrus um, and, for, and for you mr bookler,
0: i am going for uh <laughs> i was gonna say something horrendous then as well <laughs> I'm gonna say it. It's a toss-up between Dennis Atoy and Marcus Bertinelli. Marcus Bertinelli
1: and <laughs> I saw Bertinelli. that as well. Very good. Very good. I think I think I think Fabry deserves some sort of award for anything this season. So I'll give it to Fabry. He's quite a good-looking man. Um, yeah, Fabry. Fabry. <laughs> I'll
0: like, give it to Fabry. He's a good-looking man. It. This is brilliant. It's gold. Oh,
1: I, didn't realize I, was like that. Uh,
0: I think okay. he, I
2: think you've got to pick one, Frenchy. Yeah. Oh, you, you, yeah. i
0: will go all right then let's let's go
1: for um all right excellent i mean there is excellent there there are some people who's listening to this like what is going on nobody's going to
0: be listening still are they i think they just i
1: think we probably (laughs) lost them with lower region etc etc yeah Yeah, maybe (laughs) all right (laughs) the next award is the moment no no sorry all right the next award is Best haircut, and I'll go first for this one. Um, it's sort of a haircut. I'm gonna go for Mitrovic's beard. I liked his beard, I thought it was cool. <laughs> um, it gave him like he's already you know, you wouldn't mess with him as it is being Serbian and looking like a hitman, but with that, I was just like, Jesus Christ, I like, step away. And um, what about you guys, uh, Mr. Dom? Who best haircut for you? Uh, John Joe Shelby, last day of the season. Nice, um, very good. Now,
2: I think uh, on a serious topic, um. <laughs> Well, it's got to be we we're all about <laughs> serious. There's, there's nothing, is seriously serious the best about. haircut okay. he got the best haircut
1: of the club it's Harvey Elliott isn't it because um, he's got three of them he does three and one what is that then it's, like, it's a top knot with shaved sides and what's the other thing going on it's like sort of dreadlocks or something I don't know mullet maybe a bit of mullet
0: yeah maybe a bit there, of mullet something. I mean, I mean, so, he needs... he's
1: covering a few decades isn't he so, you yeah, know when like Alex Ferguson sure. like I was reading something like Alex Ferguson said to David Beckham this is only in the, like this is on the Sky Sports app only a couple of weeks ago and Beckham said yeah like Fergie told me to shave that off like I wasn't allowed. like he kept his beanie on the entire time he did training and stuff and before one of the matches he just took his beanie off and Fergie's like you're not going out and that shave it on, off in the showers right now and I I'm just I'm complete I mean I don't know how in this day and age that I mean 16 or not that i play i could go out with hair like that it's just completely baffles me um anyway
0: all right granddad
1: sorry, I'm sorry. Dear- <laughs> <laughs> you don't know you haven't lived um mr <laughs> mr Blair, your best haircut
0: i'm going with ryan babble anyone that turns up for four or five months and just has bright red hair the entire time they're here and keeps knob. keeps it well maintained <laughs> he's what is a he's mob. a knob. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's left now, isn't he? So say what you want about him. But I quite <laughs> like him.
1: True. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I, I remember hearing a rumour at one point that he was actually going to uh, dye his hair white or black and white. But I, I think that's... I, I don't know if he's actually... I don't know when he actually dyed it red. Was it actually in the Times of Liverpool? I'm not sure. He's maybe it maybe
0: red he for... would Maybe he would have done it if he cared about Fulham. But at right. like his social media post he cared more about Liverpool, which is probably why he went with red.
1: That's why he just didn't didn't celebrate that goal. That amazing goal against Van Dyke, which exploited his weakness. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. I can't celebrate. It was really awkward. Right, next award is The Moment That Sums Up Our Season. So, award 16, The Moment That Best Sums Up Our Season. And I'll go to you first. I'll go back to you, Mr. McClare.
0: I've gone with an early one, actually. I've gone with uh, Brighton away. uh, I think we were 2-0 up. Then Brighton get mm-hmm. a goal back and backs against the wall. We're defending our lead, looking for our first away win of the season as early as September. And then the ball comes down out of the sky and Mitro, under no pressure whatsoever, just needlessly handballs it. And yeah. just, for me, that just sums the season up. It's just a, a stupid mistake. And it kind of it sparked a, a flurry of stupid mistakes It just resulted in us getting absolutely thrashed every week. If if we'd have won that game, who knows whether the season would have been different? Arguably not, but for me, that just the needless mistake is just you know ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and I mean, talk about needless mistakes. I mean, my best. Well, I mean, the moment that sums up the season for me was pretty much the two own goals in three minutes, has already been mentioned. I Mister mean, Matt Dom. So, Mister Matt Dom, uh, give us your award winner for this one.
2: Yeah, I think it's. Um, I'm going much towards the other end of the season. Um, Go on Scott Parker. Appointed permanent manager, he's got he's had good enough results. You know, we're, we're looking up, we're, we might be going places. Let's start to look forward to next season and the final day result Fulham nil, Newcastle four.
1: Perfect, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wheels have fallen off. <laughs>
2: that's pretty much it. As a lot there's of there's only body. one wheel as it was, that's pretty yeah, much
1: that right. Was, that was hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. It's a miracle, you managed do what you did actually in some ways um all right okay this this is a great one all right award number 17 this is the penultimate award and it's for the best chant the best chant and i'll go to you first mr don what's your best chant one two three four
2: maxime
1: le marchand maxime le marchand Marchand. that's so good that's good i mean it's
2: also. i guess the award could also be for Least deserving player to have a chant that's that <laughs> so up much by the crowd, yeah, it
1: um, but it's it's catchy and it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It is. I mean, what about you, Mister McLeod? You the same, or have you got something else?
0: No, I've um. So I, I think our support supporters, aside from the whole Tony Khan stuff, were were pretty brilliant this season. I, I had such a good time. It was one of my favourite seasons, even even though it was it was absolutely dire on the pitch, um, yeah. and it, everybody kind of kept their sense of humour and Southampton away especially was a really good one there was some really good banter we were singing you're going down with the Fulham to to the Southampton fans and at that point it looked like they might be but when we sung you're going down with the Fulham to Cardiff after just going 1-0 up I thought that was absolutely brilliant because that goal did effectively relegate them and after everything that happened last season and we were you know we were chasing them for second place and the there's this kind of faux rivalry that's kind of come up out of nowhere between us and Cardiff for us to get that goal. And then to be able to ram it down their throats and Warlock's throat. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's a a little thing sometimes, isn't it?
1: No, of course, of course. For me, the best chant is this. I've got to actually prepare myself to actually see what it's. um... Andre and Iguesa. Andre Vangsbauw, Iguesa, and I remember like it's my, fa- it's absolutely my favorite one. I remember there was someone behind me. who was just like who just said, "No, I can't do that.
0: <laughs> that's, too fa-
1: that's too fast for me. I'm not going to do that." doesn't move that quick. Yeah, but do you know what it reminds me of? Have you seen like Black Adder with the firing squad? And it's sort of like, Ready it literally reminds me so much of that. It's just sort of like, just I'm a gabbler, me. And it just comes out like some, like <laughs> almost like Tourette's. It's very strange. Um, but I love it. Andre Fagsambao and Gisa. I hope he stays. It'd be brilliant. All right, then, guys. The final award. The final award is for Best Unsung Hero. Now, I will go to. Well, I think I'll go to you first, Mr. Beclair, of this one. Who is your unsung hero?
0: Well, maybe a bit left field, but go on. a lot of people won't know how much this guy does for the podcast because he's on it occasionally, but he he never takes any credit for the fact that he edits the show. He he sits in the US and we record this show sometimes quite late on a Monday night and, and then it goes over to him and he sits there for hours and hours and edits to get it out for the rush hour the next morning. So unsung hero for me is Mr. Lover Lover himself, Don Love of and Focus.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree more. What about you, Mr. Matt, Don? Yeah, thirded Mr. Thirded. Lover, man. Mr. Lover Lover. What an absolute All you need legend. is love. All you need is Don Love. Don,
0: Don Love.
1: And we uh, no, could not appreciate him more for giving us his best sort of cooking tips and stuff. There was an amazing chicken recipe uploaded. And when he's having a bourbon and painting the house, it's just it's so nice to be updated by him. And he's just the best guy in the world. He does so much of this
2: part. and Because uh, uh, yeah. he's it, in the States, it feels like uh, the podcast is done by magic overnight, doesn't it? It's completely in yeah. Ways, in many
0: ways it is because yeah. <laughs> the, shit, the shit show that we put out sometimes on a Monday yeah. and then you think, Oh my god, this is gonna be a nightmare and I listen back and think, actually that, that sounds more coherent than I was expected. Nice one, Don.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, sometimes with the mic trouble that I have, he's an absolute magician. So here's to you, Mr. Don Love. Well done indeed. That is our hung un oh dear. Unsung <laughs> <laughs> Ah! <laughs> He's not gonna, gonna cut that out, is he? I don't think he will, no. This part, this, part, <laughs> this 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 episode has been quite revealing. Alright, excellent, excellent guys. Well that is it. That is that. That is the end of the award ceremony. My greatest thanks to Mr. Beauclair and Mr. Dumb. And if you like what you hear, please keep on following us, keep on telling your friends about us, and over the summer we've got a few bonus episodes of a few quizzes coming up, but we will be back in full force pretty damn soon. But in the meantime, we will have those quizzes and we will be on Twitter and for big announcements such as transfers, we will be updating you. So thank you both to my co-host once again and thank you all for listening for making it through us for this awful season that we've endured. Thank you. Good night.